Broken but made whole, scattered but gathered as one. No people, but now a people. We gather to celebrate our mission. We gather in the name of one who creates, redeems, and preserves our lives, God. Let us pray. God of unsearchable mystery and light, your weakness is greater than our strength. Your foolishness brings all our cleverness to naught, and your gentleness confounds the power we would claim. You call first to be last and last to be first. You call servant to be leader and ruler to be underling of all. Pour into our hearts the wisdom of your word and spirit that we may know your purpose and live to your glory for the sake of the world. Amen. A reading from Mark chapter 9. Then they came to Capernaum, and when Jesus was in the house, he asked the disciples, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. Jesus sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Here ends the lesson. This morning's keynote speaker is our next-door neighbor, Pastor Frank Nossen, senior pastor at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church, and it's my joy also to say my pastor. Frank is a 1970 graduate of California Lutheran, just a few years ago, (laughs) and serves as chair of CLU's Convocation, the group that is here this weekend with us. In his role as chair, Frank also serves on the CLU Board of Regents, this group here in the front two rows, which makes him my pastor and boss in multiple and complicated ways. Frank has his Master of Divinity as MDiv from Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary, and in addition to His call at Holy Trinity has served three other congregations, including Mount Cross Lutheran Church in nearby Camarillo, and also for many years and successfully at Tanca Verde Lutheran Church in Tucson, Arizona. Would you please join me in welcoming our keynote speaker, the Reverend Frank Nossi. Thank you, Chris, for the introduction, and uh, I, I don't see myself as your boss. I'd like being your pastor. I, that's, that's a good thing. Um, and Board of Regents, Convocation, students, faculty, it's indeed an honor to uh, be given this privilege to, to address you this morning. I want to start, though, with a video that many of you have already seen, but it sets the tone for what I want to say this morning. So. Thank you. 
If he could see things now. I love that question. Put yourself in Mr. Pedersen's shoes. What an enormous gift. I get goosebumps every time I see that. I, I don't know why, but I, it has partly to do with I went to school in chicken coops and I became a senior citizen before the gym was built. And <laughs> there were these dreams. There were these dreams, and Mr. Pedersen's dreams were centered in what he said to provide youth the benefits of a Christian education in a day when spiritual values can well decide the course of history. He wrote that in the 50s, you know, and Leonard Smith would tell you historically in the 50s we were in the deep into the Cold War and, and we were opposing atheistic communism, and I'm sure that prompted Mr. Pedersen to think perhaps in some of those ways about this place. But nevertheless, the world has changed a bit, but, but what he said still rings true. He linked education and spiritual values. See, no problem in teaching both, and I, over the years, have grown to understand how they're intertwined. It was in the context of wanting to teach both those things that the dream and the promise began to get fulfilled. The 25 people set aside by the five Lutheran bodies that wanted to start a school out here, and, and then Mr. Pedersen. And they came together. Founders' Day. This is the 53rd edition of Founders' Day. We gather every year to celebrate a vision, a dream. Someone wanted this place to be, and it is. And it's gone far beyond perhaps any of us dreamed at the time. I was here for the sixth edition of Founders' Day as a freshman. We were required to attend, by the way. There were no classes. And all the faculty dressed up in those funny robes, and, and they marched in. And it's good to see them in those robes that I now understand a whole lot better than I did when I was a freshman. I have to confess, I'm not sure I went to 7, 8, and 9. Um, I was a student then. <laughs> I didn't understand how important this day really is. I didn't grow to appreciate that until I began to make my world away in the world. I didn't understand how important this place was until my wife and I and our children began to experience the benefits totally of what we received from this place. And I don't suppose I'll totally understand the gifts I was given until the day I died. Let's start with that original founder, Mr. Pedersen. We uh, talk about discovering our purpose. That's part of the new strategic plan. What was Mr. Pedersen's purpose? And I'm only speculating on this, knowing a little bit about his life. But for a large part of his life, his purpose was raising chickens and citrus and selling them. He was a rancher. He was part of what I understand to be a family-owned run endeavor going back to the beginning of the century when they all immigrated here. There's nothing terribly remarkable there. It reflects a pattern of life all of us have either experienced or seen. But there was a sense in Mr. Pedersen's mind of legacy, of legacy, of giving something back. 
didn't have any children. So we became his children. You understand that if you're a grad of this place or even matriculated here, I can never say that word just right. He went to school here. You're a child of Mr. Pedersen. You're part of his legacy. And he had that in mind. And uh, he would go beyond that, though, because we were going to stand on the shoulders of a lot of people. A whole lot of people. And he understood that with that legacy, the world would be a better place because of it. Now, what if he hadn't seen that vision? Well, I speculate he would have eventually sold this land and would have developed it into homes, as everybody else did in Southern California, and as all the land around here was. But somehow the Spirit of God spoke to him. And for many of this, this place has been a, a place where the Spirit of God has spoken to us, correcting us, directing us, sending us, and shaping us. And so we rejoice in that. Because the Spirit of God is part of the nature of this place. This is a place that has a very interesting beginning. It was the merging of two dreams. One the dream of a group of churches, the other a chicken rancher. But at the heart of the endeavor was a sense of who they all belonged to. And this is a place that has planted in the foundation of prayer and discipleship and stewardship and love. We all know that all but two of the buildings on campus bear the name of people of the Lutheran Church, people who believe that this kind of education makes a difference in the world. But even the two names that aren't Lutheran, I know for a fact, understand this purpose maybe even better than the Lutherans about how important their gifts have been. They support education that is first and foremost concerned about the individual who's learning and they're called to go into the world. When I came here, I had been accepted at UC Berkeley. Matt Ward, I want to know if we can get that discount factored in. <laughs> I mean, I was accepted at Berkeley. And at the time, tuition was $2,000 a year. I was hoping that would happen. <laughs> However, I could have gone to Berkeley for free. And my daddy only made $12,000 a year. So, and it cost about $1,000 for a new car. It was a different world. So what this gray hair is all about. Okay. All right, where was I? <laughs> ah, education. Education. It's been a place of equipping people. I've been a minister now for 39, going on 40 years. My major was political science, though, when I was here. I was pre-law. I took four religion courses. Four. Three were required. 
okay? Three were required. So how did that equip me to be a minister? Well, I, I learned to think, thanks to Ed saying. I learned to think. I learned to verbalize my thoughts. I learned to verbalize my arguments. I learned politics, and the church is full of them. Right, Bishop? But this place has also shaped my character. When I left this place, I was a different person than when I came. And through the help of the pastor of the church I serve now, Roger Anderson, I discovered my purpose. Although at the time, I sort of grudgingly went to seminary for a year at his suggestion. Today, the mission statement reads this way. We are here to educate leaders for a global society who are strong in character and judgment, confident in identity and vocation, and committed to service and justice. Notice it doesn't say our purpose is to solely produce scholars. I don't want to diminish that, though. But we want to produce scholars who are leaders, scholars who make a difference, scholars whose life changed the world. You folks and others here today. These attributes translate into that first goal, the strategic plan, discovering our purpose. That's not a new idea, and our provost shared with the convocation this morning her understanding of the whole idea of Lutheran vocation. And Luther said that, you know, you have a vocation by virtue of your baptism, by virtue of being here, placed here by God, and by, loved by God as one of his children, you have a vocation. Your occupation is how you live out your vocation. Thus, I could have lived out my vocation as a lawyer. Or I could have lived it out as a pastor. My vocation did not change. It was to be a servant of God in this world. And this place helped me to identify that. And to, to understand it. And to know it to be true. And I know for a fact, since my sister did go to UC Berkeley, that I would not have heard that there. Not that it's not a good school. My nephew's going there now. <laughs> but I would not have heard that there. Opportunities were presented to me here because this place was small. I could participate and not get lost. My oldest son helped me understand this even more. After he graduated, he graduated with a bachelor's degree in athletic training or sports medicine. And he came back to Tucson to live with us for a while, which was a great joy to us. And uh, he went to work, although we wanted him to have a job. <laughs> it's every parent's dream. Wanted him to have a job. So he went to work for a company called Novacare, which was a physical therapy place, 
with just a bachelor's degree, but the, the manager of the place was a member of our church, and he knew Tim, and he knew his background. And one day, Mike came to me and said, you know what? He said, what is it about that place he went to? What is it about that place? This kid knows more than people with master's degrees in physical therapy. He had hands-on opportunity here. Thank you, Keisha, and others who taught him. He had the ability to, to actually treat people who had been injured, not just read about it. He could place his hands upon them and be part of their healing. And he understood from that. A year later, he came back here as a graduate teaching assistant. Thank you, Keisha. And uh, he got an MBA. So now he works as a financial planner and gave up his job at Seattle Pacific as a, <laughs> as a uh, strength and conditioning coach. But when I talked to him about financial planning, he says, you know, Dad, I've got all these young clients. And what I'm trying to do is help them keep their lives on track. And he sees it as a ministry. It's a vocation. It's something that he does to minister to others. Got another son going to seminary. I couldn't talk him out of it. No, that's just a joke. I was very delighted that he cited. But it took him a while to discover his purpose. He did youth ministry for six years, taught high school English. He has a degree in philosophy and religion. I don't know how he got to teach English, but coach football. And uh, now he's in seminary, second year. He found out a lot about himself here and got a whole lot of affirmation about who he was as a human being. And he still continues to get that from people like Scott and Melissa and others. That's part of what this place is about. Those opportunities, the spirit of this place, and the concern for about those who are being educated. The foundations of this place then are grounded in a long history of Lutherans being involved in education. All going back to Wittenberg. It's something that we actually have done well over the years as Lutherans. We should pat ourselves on the back. We're pretty good at this. We really are. What did you suppose Jesus meant by saying we should be servants of all? That's part of discovering our purpose. What does it mean to be a servant place? What does it mean for this place to shape character and develop leaders who can be servants in the world. Education isn't just for me a way to make my life better. It has done that. It has raised my standard of living, although it probably would have been better if I had been a lawyer. And uh, it's enriched me in many ways. But what education has done is helped me to learn that we live in this society that desperately needs servants. 
So we see Kowloon grads all over the world now. My own niece, Jenna Cristiano, is working out of Washington, D.C., helping a nonprofit set up women's health clinics in Cambodia and Myanmar. We're so proud of her, visited with her this summer. She went here on a Swenson scholarship, by the way. Global leaders, leaders with character, leaders who can serve. Thank you for letting me talk about a place I love. God has blessed this place, though, to be a blessing. If only Mr. Pedersen could see it now. Now, there's a young lady that works at Holy Trinity, Anna Tasker, and she sings a song from the bottom of her heart that just touches my soul. And I asked her to finish my talk with this song. Let me get the other notes out here. Each year, the convocators select a, a Christus Award recipient. Because of their love for the church and for California Lutheran University, has naturally sought to strengthen the partnership between the two and has made significant contributions towards that end. Pastor Frank said the Christus Award is presented to those who have made significant contributions to strengthening the partnership between California Lutheran University, CLU, and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the ELCA, because of their love for both institutions. And we're honored this year to recognize a very special friend of the university, former CLU president, the Reverend Dr. Jerry Miller. Jerry served as CLU's fourth president from 1981 to 1992. During his tenure, many extraordinary advances were made at the university, including becoming a university as California Lutheran College restructured to accommodate the growing graduate programs in business and in education. Following his term as president, Jerry Miller held the office of chancellor and led in CLU's development activities. He holds a bachelor's degree from Harvard University, and if I can interject a personal note, turned out was a classmate and friend of my father's. And thanks to Cal Lutheran, the two have been able to reconnect, and it certainly brought great joy to my, uh, both my parents to be able to do that. He took his MDiv from Hama School of Theology and his Doctor of Divinity from Trinity Lutheran Seminary in Columbus, Ohio. Served as a parish pastor, served as assistant to the president of the Ohio Synod of the LCA, the Lutheran Church in America, and executive director of the National Lutheran Campus Ministry in Chicago. As I invite Jerry Miller forward to receive the Christus Award, let's extend our congratulations and applause.
couple of weeks ago, I was told that uh, Pastor Melissa expected all participants to uh, present a written text of their remarks for this service in order to keep it within certain time constraints. Uh, unaccustomed as I am to working in this kind of way, I decided to honor her wishes, and uh, so be it. Uh, Chris, I'm wondering, does she do this to you as well? What an awesome service. Pastor Frank, Rachel, choir, very moving. So be it. President Kimball, Pastor Nassen, friends, it is pure joy for me to be part of this Founders Day celebration and to help focus the light once again on the vibrant, creative relationships between this university and the church. It is indeed also an honor to be included among the highly respected friends who have received this Christus Award in years past. When Margaret and I moved to this place from Illinois more than 30 years ago, we immediately embraced the promise and the challenge of the journey in which Cal Lutheran was engaged. Today, we continue to rejoice to be part of that magnificent CLU experience that will yet continue for generations to come. Many, many thanks to all of you who participate in that unique journey that is itself California Lutheran University. Thank you. At this Founders Day convocation, the CLU Alumni Association Board of Directors selects a recipient of the Outstanding Young Alumnus Award. Here to present this award is the CLU Alumni Board of Directors Vice President for Involvement and Recognition, our double alum, Nicole Hackbarth. On behalf of the CLU Alumni Association Board of Directors, it is my privilege to present the 2012 Outstanding Young Alumnus Award to Mark Glesney. Mark graduated in 2003 with a major in communication and a minor in sociology. Three years later, the young entrepreneur founded Neutral Dive Gear, a scuba diving lifestyle apparel brand, which he still owns and operates. He currently is the web marketing director at Bed Stew, a footwear and accessories company headquartered in Camarillo. An Iraq War combat veteran, Mark served in the U.S. Marine Corps from 2005 to 2011. He is a member of Calvary Chapel Thousand Oaks, where he plays bass guitar on the worship team and serves Sunday evenings as the preacher pastor of Upstream, the college and young adult ministry program. As an alumnus, Mark continues to take seriously CLU's mission and places a top priority on maintaining a connection to the university. Many current students and faculty know him as CLU's stern, yet loving, fitness boot camp instructor 
as well as a private personal trainer and nutrition counselor. He has also volunteered his time speaking to various student groups on topics relating to business, fitness and nutrition, matters of faith, and politics. Mark and his wife, Carissa, also an alum, live in Thousand Oaks with their sons, Ethan and Asher, who are also here today. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in congratulating Mark Glesney. Well, I will keep it brief. Uh, there's no way I could possibly follow up Pastor uh, Nawson and Dr. Miller, so I will uh, keep it brief. I certainly can't impart as much wisdom as either of you. For instance, you dream of children having a career. I currently dream of my kids being potty trained, so. Um, a pastor of mine has said that he's just simply a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody. So I pray above all that uh, Jesus would be magnified this weekend, um, not only here, but out on campus in the community um, and in the world. So um, I guess I could start with an awkward introduction by saying I never intended to come to Kowloon. Um, I was actually at the wise, wise age of 18. I was dead set on going to a large party college like Colorado University. Um, in Boulder, and I had a sister at the time who was a, I think a sophomore or junior at Loyola Marymount University. I'm from the Midwest, originally in Chicago, um, and then I uh, went to high school in Minneapolis. And my sister called me up and said, hey, why don't you come visit me? I said, well, there's not much to warrant me to just scoot out to L.A. She said, when I was, at high, when I was in high school, same high school, she said, you can get days off for touring colleges. I said, Really? <laughs> Really? So I said, well, I don't really care about LMU at all. She said, there's some weird little awkward Lutheran school north of me you could go to. She said, we're Lutheran. It makes sense. They'll believe it, the whole thing, okay? <laughs> so as an 18-year-old, I had to decide between going to school on a Thursday and a Friday or going to L.A. to party with college girls. I was a non-drinker. It's not a party message by any means, all right? Don't drink. Okay, so... <laughs> My boot campers know how I feel about that. So, um, so I jet set out to L.A., and on the very last day of my trip, pushing it off, my great uncle drove me up here um, to this little nook that's, you know, even far off the freeway, didn't have any signage at the time, you know, like freeway signs are a big deal now that we've got those, and Kalu is, you know, pushing out. Um, but came up here, sort of was enamored with the small community, picked up a marketing brochure, and it had a challenge at the end of one of them. It said, you know, it's perfectly located halfway between Santa Barbara and L.A. And for the very truly adventurous, you can surf and snowboard in the same day. I was set. <laughs> That's it. Because Colorado only has snowboarding. So I ended up sending my scores. They started sending literature. It all worked out. By the grace of God, I was able to come here. Um, and on February 22nd, 2003, I thought the brochure needed a little updating. We figured we would set the precedent, so my roommate and I went scuba diving at 6 a.m., surfing at noon, and snowboarding at 5 p.m. So, 
He was going to be here today, but he has to work. So, um, But it's more than a great location, Kowloon, obviously. Uh, it's a place where I was forced to get an internship as a senior in order to graduate, which eventually launched my career. Um, it was where I was forced to come to school two weeks ahead of everyone else because I was an RA, where I met my wife um, of six years and our two boys. Um, I never planned on living in Thousand Oaks. I planned on moving to Denver afterwards. Um, but this school, the area, has completely endeared to my heart. Um, we are so grateful and thankful for our ability to stay connected with the friends from Kowloon, including Jeremy, Pastor and Austin's son, who was a big part. We served on the rugby team together, so we know what it looks like for each other to bleed, essentially. <laughs> and, um, but it's more than a great location. It's a place where we really took foundation. My faith was challenged. It was solidified. Um, we persevered. Um, and I just want to say thank you. I obviously didn't want to come here from the start, but God had other plans, and for that, I'm utterly grateful. Thank you, guys. The following individual has been ratified by the Convocation of California Lutheran University to the Board of Regents. I invite Jim Swetson to come and stand uh, forward facing uh, the altar area and Chris uh, Kimball here. Serving as ex officio members of the Regents are also Rebecca Cardone, ASCLU President, and John Laracy, Alumni Representative, and Dr. Julia Fogg, Faculty Representative. And they should come forward also. And the regents who have been re-elected are Glenn Bracera and Rod Gilbert. Would they please come forward as well? You have been elected to positions of leadership and trust on the Board of Regents of California Lutheran University. You are to see that the mission of this university is upheld. You are to provide vision, direction, and oversight to the university's work, especially in the areas of academic and student affairs, administration and finance, enrollment management and marketing, and advancement. You are to serve as a sphere of influence for the university. I therefore ask you, on behalf of California Lutheran University, are you ready to accept and faithfully carry out these responsibilities assigned to the Board of Regents in support of the mission of the university? If so, answer together, yes, by the help of God. Yes. Now I ask that the Regents turn to the audience and ask everyone gathered here representing the CLU community a question. And by the way, I hope that the answer is delivered with some vigor. Will you support these elected leaders with encouragement and thoughtfulness, care, and respect? If so, answer yes by the help of God. Yes, by the help of God. Very good. <laughs> I now declare you installed as members of the Board of Regents of California Lutheran University. May God bless you with power and guidance that you may prove faithful servants and stewards of the university.
And now I'd like to ask the convocators of Cal Lutheran to please stand at your places. Today we celebrate your ministry and send you out to your communities with God's blessings and prayerful support. You have been chosen to serve as convocators of California Lutheran University. And as convocators, your mission is to serve as a link between the university, the church, and the community, and to preserve, promote, and support the university. In light of the important role of convocator, and on behalf of Cal Lutheran University, I ask you, will you, to the best of your ability, fulfill the role of convocator of California Lutheran University, praying for and supporting the mission of the university, and serving as an ambassador between the university, church, and community? If so, please answer by saying, yes, by the help of God. Yes. To all of those gathered here representing the CLU community, I have a question for you, which again I hope elicits a powerful response. Will you support and pray for the convocators in this work? If so, answer yes by the help of God. Yes, by the help of God. May God bless you with the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit that you may prove faithful servants and stewards of this university. And now as we enter into some Lutheran aerobics, I invite the convocator, that was a joke by the way, you can <laughs> convocator stand again and would the, would the regions also stand. And let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for all those who serve on the Board of Regents and as convocators of California Lutheran University. Thank you for their willingness to share gifts of time talent and treasure in support of the mission ministry of this place. Grant to all regents and convocators and to all the leaders in this institution wisdom, vision, and joy in their, their service that California Lutheran University may continue to be a place strong in reason and strong in faith. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Amen. Would everyone please stand? <laughs> you knew it was coming. Let us pray together in freedom and trust. Gracious Lord, Holy One, source of all wisdom and knowledge, we come with hearts filled with joy and thanksgiving as we witness the growth of learning, global diversity, faith, and service on this campus. Look with favor upon all of the educational processes of this institution. Bless those who administer, those who teach, those who learn, and those who support the high standards of academic excellence and freedom envisioned within the dreams of the founders, that they might be realized through your blessing and grace. Hear us, O God. Your grace is ever-present. Holy God, you have blessed each one of us with unique gifts and talents needed in our world today. 
We dedicate ourselves to the ministry of our daily lives through the commitments of our time and ability in our teaching, in our learning, in our serving, and in our relating. Bless, support, and empower our efforts to be your agents of reconciliation and hospitality and respect. Help each one of us to discover through our learning our capacity to love our neighbor and serve in the world. Hear us, O God. Your grace is ever present. You call us to work for the sake of the world. So we boldly pray for all who give themselves to serve the poor, the oppressed, the lonely, and the outcast. We pray for all who are far from home, immigrants and exiles, and those who are our military personnel. We pray for prisoners and all victims of oppression, as well as for those who suffer afflictions and stand in need of help, restoration, and kindness. We pray for those who tend and care for our fragile, earthly home. Give us a full understanding of your abundant mercy, that our lives may show respect and care for all of creation. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is ever-present. Hear our prayers, O God, and receive them into the wide embrace of your love. Amen. Receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.